Hey everyone, I am hanging out at one of our Whitewater family's homes today. They were so generous to let us crash and take over their home as we bring you today's message. Today I am continuing our Because COVID conversation. We are in week two of this teaching series where we are looking at multiple areas of our lives where there is a tendency to blame COVID for how things are going. See, COVID has become the the ultimate excuse for all that is going wrong in our lives, right? We can't go to the movies because COVID. Uh, can't get out of bed because COVID. Uh, can't go to a Reds game because COVID. Uh, can't find the love of my life because COVID. I uh, can't live my best life now because COVID. Can't watch Buckeye football because COVID. That one hurts. Listen, some things are because of COVID though, and they are serious and legit things. And people have died because of complications brought on because of COVID. Some people have lost their jobs and are unemployed because of COVID. Some people are suffering alone in hospitals, unable to see loved ones because of COVID. Some people are in really uncomfortable and painful places right now as a result of COVID. And so I'm not going to say COVID isn't to blame for anything, but for a lot of us, for a lot of what is going on in our lives, I mean, really, it's not because of COVID. Actually, God is using COVID to reveal to many of us some underlying issues that we've never dealt with. In, in the United States, um, we have had the Great Depression in the 1930s. From 07 to 09, we went through the Great Recession. And I believe in 2020 that this is our great awakening. There's a lot of stuff being revealed right now about how we as a people, how we are really doing. A lot of eyes are being opened. A lot of things are, we are being exposed to, hurts that are being exposed, wounds that are being revealed. COVID is revealing to many of us that there are some things in our hearts that we need to examine. And instead of blaming COVID for our dysfunction, I believe God is using COVID to shine a light and expose our heart issues. Today, I'm going to take a look at how COVID has revealed some unhealthy things when it comes to our families. Now, when I say the word family, what do you think of? Like, depending on your life experiences, that will determine how you answer the question, right? Like, are we talking about family of origin or family of choice? Nuclear families, extended families, blended families, single parent families, childless families, step families, foster families. I love that story of Sarah and Sarah and, and the love that they have you know, for baby Jess, man, it just radiates. Sarah, Justin, Sarah and Jess, man, they are a family. They're bonded together regardless of blood, regardless of family of origin, they are a family. Regardless of what kind of family background or makeup you come from, Family can be, and a lot of times is, a loaded word. Family can build you up. 
Family can tear you down. Family can stir up joy and laughter. Family can stir up pain and tears. And at the end of the day, family is what you make it. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says something radical as it relates to family. It's a text that is tough to hear. At least it was for me the first time I read it. I'm going to be looking at Matthew 10 today, 32, if you want to follow along in your Bible app or in your Bibles. And see, throughout the book of Matthew, over and over again, Jesus keeps making this point to draw people to the question, are you going to follow me? And only me, really. He's a jealous God, doesn't do well with being cheated on. No, really, over and over again throughout the book of Matthew, we read about Jesus saying, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to follow me or you're not. In Matthew 32, he leans in in a way that kind of steps on some toes, especially in the context of family. This is verse 32. It says this, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, Jesus says you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Now, before you take this text and get it all twisted and take it somewhere that I don't believe you should take it, Jesus is not calling you to forsake your family. He's not encouraging disobedience. He is speaking to priorities. He's speaking to the order of things, to a hierarchy, to a life he's calling us to if we're going to follow him. He's speaking boldly to anyone who is going to follow him. His invitation to follow has consequences. His presence demands a decision. Probably one of the most profound things that I learned years ago is painfully simple. Yet it was painful how much I didn't get it at the time. Dysfunction will be first if the first thing isn't first. Let me say it again. Dysfunction will be first if the first thing isn't first. Listen, my personal relationship with Jesus has to be first, right? It's simple, right? But no, that's before my spouse. That's before my kids. That's before my ministry, before my job, before my hobbies. Either he is on the throne of my life or dysfunction will reign. See, God is using COVID to reveal that our priorities are out of whack. There's dysfunction in the family because he isn't first. Don't blame COVID for a crappy marriage right now. It's not COVID's fault. It's yours. 
You weren't sacrificing for your spouse before COVID. COVID has just magnified the fact that you spend more time waiting for your spouse to submit than you actually sacrifice for them. Don't blame COVID for not being able to deal with your mother-in-law. <laughs> it's not COVID's fault that you want to stab her with a spoon the next time she stops over unannounced. Maybe, maybe you've never allowed Jesus into the foundation of that relationship and had some tough but necessary conversations. Don't blame COVID for not having a stronger relationship with your kids. Don't blame COVID for, for their loneliness, for their anxiety, for how they're struggling. It's not COVID's fault that they choose a screen over you. Maybe you've never really dug in to invest into their lives or dug into what God's word says about how you're supposed to raise your children with God at the foundation. We've got to stop blaming COVID for things that have nothing to do with COVID because God's using COVID to show us we have a massive heart defect. If our hearts have not been surrendered to Christ, then our hearts will overflow with dysfunction. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus speaks this to this heart condition. It's Luke 6:45. He says, "A good produce a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say, what comes out, it flows from what is in your heart. What's the condition of your heart? Is it surrendered to Jesus or not? Is he Lord and leader of your life or is he just a 60 minute quickie every other Sunday when you remember to tune in online? See, here's where the rubber meets the road. Back in Matthew 10, 39, Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. It's in our surrendering that we actually find the strength to lead our families. We find the grace to give to our children in the midst of mistakes. It's in our surrendering that we find forgiveness. It's in the surrendering that we find peace. That choice is ours. There is a way forward through this COVID season. And for the sake of my family, I'm choosing to give up the things that I thought would bring me life, but really they've, they've only ever brought me dysfunction and pain. The presence of Jesus demands a decision. And for the sake of my son, Noah, I'm choosing Jesus. For the sake of Isabel, I'm choosing Jesus. For the sake of Kelly, I'm choosing Jesus. For the sake of my family, I'm choosing Jesus. For the sake of my friends, for the sake of those that I've been called to lead, I'm choosing Jesus, even if that means I have to give up. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Jesus, help me give it all to you. I shared with you the first time that I came across this text that, that it was hard for me. Actually, what made it hard for me was because I lived out this text. After I gave my life to Jesus, things got harder before they got easier. Don't drink the Kool-Aid that says anything other than that. 
but this was especially true for my family, specifically my mom and dad. I'd been living in such a place of pain for so long, they were so desperate to have their little Johnny back. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I was all in. I was on fire. I took him as a man of his word and I left my old life behind and I chased after his heart with my whole life. And for a while, that path took me away from my parents. They didn't recognize me. They saw someone different. They, they wanted to see their little Johnny. They felt hurt. But then they started seeing something new in me, something new happening through me. They saw a powerful change in how I lived and how I loved and how I led my own family. But not just Kelly and the kids, but the people that we had invited into our new family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, people who didn't yet know Christ. And we were gathering people together so we, so we grew in our faith. We were also growing in a new family that was being established. And honestly, that was hard for my mom and dad for a while. But in time, my, my mom and dad, they, they slowly started to, to begin blending with this new family. And as a result, my mom and dad not only got their Johnny back, but a whole table full of beautiful people from all different lifestyles and backgrounds and stories, a table filled with love and hope and laughter. And it's so counterintuitive but for my dad specifically, my decision to make Christ the priority in my life at first was a decision that brought my dad pain. But that same decision is the one that in time brought my dad closer to Christ than he's ever been. Several weeks ago, my dad had to have surgery that was pretty significant. He's doing great now, thank God, and he's making a great recovery. But at the time, he was afraid and anxious. I was afraid and anxious. We all were afraid and anxious. But God gave me a gift that I never thought I'd ever receive. The night before my dad's surgery, we were talking on the phone. And we were talking through everything that was gonna happen the next day. And, and at the end of the conversation, I knew that I could ask something for the first time in my entire life. I asked my dad if I could pray with him. And for some of you, that may not be a big deal, right? But without going into details that aren't yours to know, my dad's relationship with God has been tumultuous at best. This was a huge deal. In my 42 years on earth, I had never prayed one-on-one -on -one with my father and have him receive it. I prayed, I cried, I prayed some more, I cried some more. And then my dad, he said, I'm really good, Johnny. I know that God is with me. He's going to bring me through this. There's more that he wants to do with me. Guys, we don't get to this point in my relationship with my father without that first painful decision to turn from an old life and go all in chasing after Jesus. Maybe some of you are feeling the pain and dysfunction in your family right now. Maybe some of you just need to surrender right now to get honest 
you've tried doing this your own way. It's just brought you pain. You've tried all sorts of different things with the same results. Maybe it's time to choose Jesus. His presence demands a choice. Let's just keep it real. COVID hasn't brought us pain. Our selfishness has brought us pain. COVID hasn't disrupted our families. Our lack of discipline has disrupted our families. Jesus is inviting you into his family with all of our dysfunction, with all of our junk. He says, you, you are my beloved. You are a masterpiece. You are worth dying for. And I know as soon as I say those words, some of you are thinking, that's no way, I can't receive that, that you've disqualified yourself somehow from being a part of the family of God. Listen, there's nothing that you can do that will separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Jesus is inviting you into his family. John 1.12 says this, he says, but to all who believed in him, in Jesus Christ, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God, to become a part of his family. When you make the choice to accept Jesus, he sets a place for you at his table. You are welcomed into a new family. Kelly and I and our kids, that God used COVID to usher us into a new season of ministry here at Whitewater. As much as it hurt to move away from family, God invited us into a new family. One with new faces, some familiar, some new. But this is the family of God at work in our lives. COVID may have taken some things from you these past few months but God will use COVID to draw you closer to him, closer into his family. He's calling you deeper in relationship, deeper into mission, deeper into purpose for your life. He's inviting you to the table. Here's the deal. For every single one of us that are sitting here today, even you, for every single one of you listening, we're either being invited or we need to be invited. The family of God that we're called into is supposed to be constantly growing. It's built into the DNA of the family and mission of God. And so today, one of two things, we're either going to take this invitation seriously and finally step into the family of God for the first time, keeping the first things first, or it's time to make room at our tables. See, who we invite to the table reflects who we're following. Who we invite to the table is an indicator of the condition of our heart. Maybe this week, something that you could do with your family uh, or with a loved one, a best friend, your spouse, or if you're in a small group, um, you, I, would, I would challenge you to sit down and take a little me time, a little reflection. Ask yourself this question. Who or what is getting the first and best of your time and energy? 
And then if you're brave enough, ask those people, that family or best friend or spouse or loved one, ask them to answer that same question for you. To be honest, to allow them to speak into your life and say, here is what I see. They need to do this in love. <laughs> to start a dialogue about how we're doing really. Because we need family right now more than ever. Whether that family is your biological family, your family of origin, or that family is your chosen family. The one that you've chosen to invite to the table. We need each other right now. Who will you invite to your table? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this family. I thank you for how you have used them to speak into my heart, to help me grow, to become more of the man that you created me to be. I thank you for every single person seated here today. I ask for blessing and favor over their lives. Jesus, I ask that every single person hearing this message, that you will move in their hearts in a profound way, that they will come to know you in a new way, whether it's for the first time or whether it's into a deeper, more, um, more realistic, I can sense you I can feel your presence Jesus we need your presence in our lives you are at work right now help us to see where you are at work in our families and our communities and give us the courage to step boldly next to you into the mission that you're already on Jesus we love you we need you our families are nothing without you Speak boldly to our hearts this week, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your son. That's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to move into a time of communion. And so right now, if you have um, your communion elements ready, go ahead and grab those now. Um, for us, this is communion. This. It's, it's so simple, it's lost on us sometimes, right? We overcomplicate it. We, we think, oh, it has to be the little wafer. Where's the gold tray passing the basket? <laughs> this is communion. Communing with your brothers and sisters. Remembering Christ. We read that when, when Jesus did this, when he instructed his family, his, his friends, his disciples, on what communion was, he gathered them together. He looked around the table. I already told James, he's like Peter. You're going to cut somebody's ear off. <laughs> Are you John? Who's John? Who's my, who's my beloved? I can't say it's you, then no one will get upset. <laughs> I never. <laughs> It's, who's it? You? Yeah, Lori. it's Lori. It's Lori. For those of you who don't know Lori, it's Lori. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> Self-proclaimed, the beloved, the favorite one. Mm -hmm. Jesus gathered his disciples knowing that the cross was ahead for him. And he gave this awesome instruction, which is so simple for us to live out anytime we gather together with our family, is to remember him. He took some bread and he broke it. 
We have sweet Hawaiian rolls. <laughs> and he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. The body of Christ. In the same way, he, he took some wine. He took the cup. He gave thanks to God for it. He said, this is my blood. Pour it out for you. To create a new covenant. It says, through me you will have life. I am covering all the stuff that has disconnected you from God to being right with Him. As often as you gather, do this in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ. I hope that during this time and the days to come that you will find peace and belonging in your family, whatever that family may be. Jesus, I thank you for the family you invite us into. I thank you for how you are unwavering in your pursuit of us, that your love for us is reckless and radical that you are unstoppable. Thank you for the invitation. And thank you for allowing us to join you in the greatest calling that has ever been given. Again, Jesus, I ask for favor, blessing upon every single person hearing this and help us to see you in the adventure of our lives, in the family we are called to live with on mission. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.